Hello, Dawn. Hello. <laughs> I said to Laura, I was like, should we start this one off saying hello, Dawn, rather than hello, Laura? Because one of our listeners is called Laura. And every time she turns on her podcast, she, she jumps up when, when I shout, hello, Laura. <laughs> so that was for you. Laura. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've had quite the week. We really, really have quite had quite the week. It's been like a really ridiculously exciting week where we hit 65k downloads, yeah. 4,000 Instagram followers. We're still in Spotify's top 50 and something else, which we're not going to say just yet because yeah. you shouldn't count your chickens, but yes. yes. Um, and so it's been this incredible, incredible week of achievements, but we've also had a really, really difficult week. Um, and ironically... It was, Dawn's been wanting to do it for ages anyway. This has been the week that we decided to do imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And it could not be a more perfect time for an episode in a time where we've achieved so much, felt so shit, and ended up upsetting ourselves and each other. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. Like, I I came back from holiday and obviously post-holiday blues didn't help. Plus plus premenstrual, all the rest of it. So I was a little bit depressed and... Just feeling a little bit meh and um, imposter syndrome definitely has a, had a big, big part to play in all of that. So. Yeah, it's, it's, we've got we've got some juicy stuff for you. Yeah. We've been on a journey, haven't we? This is, um, this is probably the thing that I'd say affects my ADHD the most is yeah. the imposter syndrome. So yeah. it's, a, it's a good episode to dive into. Yeah, absolutely. We've also got uh, the answers to your polls. So thank you, everyone. Your poll, your answer to our, your fucking hell, your answers to our polls. Sorry about that. (laughs) And we'll do our own personal reflections as well. So shall we dive in? Let's go. ADHD as females. ADHD as females. The podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn. Hi, I'm Laura. And we, and we are ADHD, ADHD AF. Seriously. We are two neurodivergent neighbours who moved to the same street at the same time, at the same age, with the same undiagnosed disability. What are the chances? Since discovering the enormous impact ADHD has had on our lives and the horrifying numbers of missing undiagnosed females, it has become our mission to make some serious noise. We want to use our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others. So join us for a chat, or as it's called up here in Aberdeen, a blether. (laughs) (laughs) Trigger warning, we will be covering some really sensitive topics, so please do have a read of the description of each episode before listening. It's important to note that we are not medical professionals. We're not therapists or coaches. We're not qualified to offer advice or support. What we will do is share our experiences alongside resources and information from professionals. We will talk over each other (laughs) and we will go off topic and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence. We are both assigned female at birth, which means that we can only speak from the experience of life as AFAB people. However... ADHDAF is an inclusive space. Whatever your gender, you are very welcome here. Yes, you are. ADHDS females. We found this article from verywellmind.com about ADHD and overcoming imposter syndrome. 
And it says, imposter syndrome is a term created by clinical psychologists, Dr. Pauline Clance and Susan Imes in 1978. It is used to describe high achieving people who struggle to recognise their accomplishments. As soon as I'm reading that, I'm thinking high achieving. I'm not high achieving. How can I have imposter syndrome? (laughs) Jesus Christ, that's where my mind instantly went. Anyway, people with imposter syndrome live in fear of others finding out that they're a fraud. Of course, they aren't a fraud. Their successes are a direct result of their hard work and effort. How ADHD leads to imposter syndrome? Well, many people with ADHD feel like they are imposters. One of the reasons for this is that you hide your struggles from the general public. People such as your boss and co-workers know that you are smart and get results, but you know you have to work more hours than anyone else at the office to get those results. You meet deadlines by pulling all-nighters and by making personal sacrifices, such as less time with your family. Only a spouse or close family member knows the anguish and struggle you experience. Mm. It's funny, actually. I just want to know, in case we forget it further down the line, I think one of the most common messages that people send us is that they're waiting to get diagnosed. So they've done the fight, they've advocated for themselves, they've, they they identify as ADHD. And then as their date is coming up to be assessed, they're like, but they're going to find out that I'm not. Yeah. And even you have that as well. Oh, yeah. And and you are ADHD. I AF. know I am ADHD AF, but there's still this yeah. little niggle in the back of my mind that's saying, they're going to find out and you're a fraud, you don't have ADHD. And then this whole podcast <laughs> is a terrible waste of time. But, is it, but isn't it funny that the irony of that the imposter syndrome in itself is such a common symptom of ADHD. (laughs) It is. It's just years and years of trying your hardest and, you know, really... Overcompensating. Overcompensating and and hiding your struggles from everyone. And it's just that masking, shame, all of it just leads to this feeling of inadequacy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, just to just to put some good news on the table, to carry on from that article from VeryWellMind.com, it says here, how to overcome imposter syndrome. Address shame. Addressing shame is very helpful. Remember, ADHD is a neurological condition and the parts that you are hiding are a direct result of having ADHD. Cognitive behavioural therapy can also be helpful. CBT is focused on helping you learn to identify the automatic negative thoughts that contribute to feelings of imposter syndrome. Once you learn to recognise these thoughts, you can then learn to replace these patterns with more helpful, realistic ways of thinking. Rather than focusing on the negative, they will help you to see the full picture. Keep track. Start to track what actions you do so that you can reap the success that you have. For example, if you ran a marathon in less than two hours, realise that it wasn't just due to luck. You probably went running four times a week for 16 weeks and ate healthy food. Your hard work resulted in a great time, even though there might have been an element of luck, such as the weather may have been favourable that day. When you track your actions, it becomes easier to see what role you played in your success. This in turn makes it easier to own and celebrate your successes. Forgive mistakes. While it can be disappointing when things don't work out the way you want, it can also be a valuable way to gain knowledge and experience. Instead of beating yourself up for every mistake, shift your focus to thinking about how you can apply what you have learned to the future. Mistakes happen. Just remember that those mistakes and disappointments are also helping you grow and become more skilled and knowledgeable. 
Watch your negative self-talk. Start paying attention to your thoughts when you feel like an imposter. For example, instead of thinking, I hope no one notices that I don't know how to do this, consider reframing those thoughts. I may not be sure how to do this, but I'm capable of learning. This is probably the biggest one. Yeah. Avoid comparisons. Oh, if you are constantly comparing yourself to other people, you are going to find yourself lacking, which will only drive your feelings of inadequacy. Instead of thinking about how you compare to someone else, focus on learning from other people's expertise and experiences. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. Indeed, indeed. And it's so true, but it's I find it really difficult not to compare myself to others. Yeah. It is really, it's, really hard. It's a struggle. And and that's the thing as well with ADHD is it, like like we keep saying is it displays differently in each and every person. So an area that you might be struggling in, someone else with ADHD might not be struggling yeah. in that area. So if you're comparing yourself to them, you're looking at the areas that they excel in and comparing it with the areas you struggle. And of course, that's going to make yeah. you feel shit. Yeah. And, you know, you always say as well that you feel like the only person with ADHD or that you have it worse than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so, like you say, if you're not seeing struggle in the areas that you struggle with, you're then further taking on board that that person just isn't struggling. Whereas you're actually not seeing the areas that they struggle or realise that that struggle is as severe as yours, just in a different area and in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Shall we dive into the poll? Yes, let's. Okay, so... The success in your the successes in your life have been down to luck, a fluke, or your hard work, intelligence, or creativity. What did you say, Dom? I said luck, a fluke. Me too. As did sixty three percent of us. Yeah. Um, it's really funny, actually, because <laughs> like imposter syndrome has literally been screaming us in the face this week. Like, literally, it's yeah. been ridiculous. And I um we were talking about something and I started talking about my business and I was literally telling the story about how everything was a luck, was was a complete fluke. Mm -hmm. And having a good website led to Seek Garden Party thinking I was more established than I was. Or maybe they just liked my designs. Never occurred to me before. I always said it's because I had a good website. Then... And because I'd said Ibiza, or then I'd go to Ibiza, I'd say Secret Garden Party. And I thought it was the two going, oh, that's cool. She must be legit. And that is, I still believe, probably true. But what I can now see in looking at imposter syndrome is that that could also potentially be classic imposter syndrome. Absolutely, Actually, I made a thing, somebody liked it, and I got to those two places through my hard work, and potentially. You, you, may well, <laughs> you may well have gotten to somewhere because of something you've done previously, but that thing you did previously, you got to yourself. It's still your work. Exactly. Yeah, it's still yours, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's so ridiculous, isn't it? it? It really is. Okay, when you achieve something, you celebrate... That would that would be reasonable. Or focus on the next thing that needs to be done. See, I actually said celebrate because when <laughs> I achieve something, I'm so, so like, I don't know what the word, so amazed at myself that I've managed to achieve that, that I will stop and I'll be like, well, I don't need to do anything else because mm. I've done that thing. Right. And then I'll end up falling behind with something else because I've just stopped because uh. I'm like, yes, I've achieved something. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's go out drinking. And then I'll ruin like the next <laughs> like the next part of the the journey that I was supposed to do. So it's like almost like a self-sabotage thing. Yeah. I think in relation to this podcast, it is like the most blatantly obvious answer is focus on the next thing that needs to be done. Because Dawn and I, despite having got a top 50 Spotify podcast, 60 
five plus thousand downloads and all the rest of it, we haven't actually at any point gone out to celebrate any success whatsoever. We haven't. Not once. No. Not once. The only thing that we've done to celebrate are the silly reels that we've done. We've not we have not at all congratulated ourselves, cheered ourselves, patted us on the back. We have not celebrated at all. But once we're finished this podcast, we're gonna put a date in our calendar. Yes. And we're gonna do that. We're gonna actually celebrate. And it's funny because in terms of like reward and like dopamine and that's how our brain works, lacking in dopamine I know that we both we both do it. We'll go, oh, look, we're coming up for 60,000 and the joy will last all of about seven seconds. Yeah. And then we'll get, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Yeah. We do. We do it all Absolutely. the time. You know, and I, I think in part it, it is the imposter syndrome because like you said, well, I'm bad with numbers anyway, but like you say, like you you posted the other day on social media it doesn't matter how many milestones we hit you cannot absorb it it doesn't belong to you it's not i cannot get my head around it like if someone else said to me and and this is how i try and look at it i try and look at it through someone else's Mm. eyes so that i can understand it better Mm. if someone else said to me you know i've started this podcast four months later and i've got sixty five thousand downloads i'd be like holy shit that's incredible yeah yeah like wow like that's amazing you've done so well yeah but yeah I cannot do that to myself yeah and it's so frustrating because I I deserve that you know yeah praise and gratitude and whatever other word that I can't think of at the moment yeah to myself yeah but I just I, I can't get my head around it yeah I, th- I think it, like it's also for me anyway is a bit like um and it's a weird thing because I, I was trying to pick this apart yesterday and it's like it's not like I'm sitting around thinking I'm the most awful person on earth. I mean, I've done that for many years, but since starting this journey, I cringe at the word, and, you know, starting medication and finally having the motivation and ability to do things, like, I don't think I'm this terrible, useless waste of space. You know, I know that we're helping people and that's incredible. And I know that we're on a path to to making even more noise, you know, but I do think that perhaps it's it's that feeling of feeling so shit and worthless and useless doesn't, you can't just shake it off. Mm. And so I wonder if now it's just like this constant need to achieve, this constant, I just keep going, just keep going, because it just, it just doesn't sit on my back. It doesn't belong to me. So it's just like you get one moment of glory and then you're like, right, you, fucking pull yourself together. You've got shit to do. Don't sit around patting yourself on the back. Like, you know? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Possibly. Anyway, actually, did I even give that? I didn't actually say the stat, did I? So when you achieve something, (laughs) only 21% of you said you celebrate. So Mm -hmm. 79% of you said you focus on the next thing to be done. And that is classic imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, This next one, I think, like, the the results quite shocked me. Yeah, go on. On completing something, do you dwell on what went wrong rather than what went well? 95% of you said yes yeah and only five percent of you said no and just to put that into numbers 230 of you voted yes yeah and only 12 votes said no it's crazy isn't it so you all concentrate on the negative the rather, negative than, the positive. rather than positive and once you've actually accomplished something as well it's not just talking about worrying about something that's going to happen you mm-hmm. tick the box you deserve a gold star and all you can think about is what potentially went wrong yeah. or what you could have done better and yeah, that really resonates. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do exactly the same. It's like I, it's 
it's like that self-sabotage thing. It's just you're just picking picking at yourself and picking away and picking away yeah. and picking away. And obviously that's going to have a massive effect on the way you feel about yourself and the imposter syndrome and yeah. everything is just going to be magnified because of that. Well, last night um, I finished my course. I finally did it. I, li- I literally crawled over the finish line. I couldn't even bear to give it one last read because I was so sick of it. But um, I got I got my it's a writing a novel online course, and I got my first four chapters and prologue in, and I literally press send, closed the computer, and just looked up, and <laughs> my husband just went, "So is that you done then? Have you just finished your course?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Congratulations! Why are you being so weird? Like you should be really happy. You've just completed this course you wanted to get on. Like why are you not celebrating?" And all I could think was I could have done better. Yeah. I could have done better. And and thinking about that, what I've managed to do since then, purely because we're doing this episode, is that I managed to go, like, pick that apart and say, why do I think that? And what I've realised is that I could have put more time, I could have, I could have managed my time better. I could have put less time into doing the social media for this. I could have... Um, you know, been stricter with myself and said, this is a writing day. Or I could have done all of these things and mostly to do with time. Um, And actually, no, I couldn't because that's a symptom of my ADHD. Yeah. So actually, I could not have done better. I have done my best. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's not that I'm saying I feel better, but (laughs) I managed to reframe (laughs) it anyway. Yeah. Um, Someone pays you a compliment, you disregard it, feeling undeserving of the praise, believing you could have done better. Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, and again, this was a massive difference with the with the votings. Like it was there was a, a clear message here, everyone's kind of thinking the same. It was ninety-three percent yeah. of you said yes, totally lost. Seven percent said no. no. And again, huge numbers, two hundred and twenty-three votes to seventeen. Yeah. And feeling undeserving of praise. I, I struggle to take compliments. Yeah. Like it's, you always deflect it straight back. Yeah, and it's someone will say it to me, and I won't believe it. Mm. Like I like they're just saying it to be nice. Yeah, it's just like all right, okay. Like someone will say, "Oh, you look great today," and I just, I just instantly in my head, I'm just like, "You're just saying that to be nice." Yeah, and that's not to take take away what they're saying, and not that I think they're lying or anything like that, because it's not them. Like what they're saying is is mm. probably legit, but I my, it's inconceivable to you that that could my be brain genuine. won't allow it to penetrate and actually yeah. take it for face value for what it is. Yeah, which is annoying because you want to be able to accept these things. Yeah, absolutely. Do you regularly compare yourself to others unfavorably? <laughs> yes. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, so a whopping 96% of you said yes and 4% said no. I hate the fact that I compare myself to people. Yeah. I get jealous and I and I hate I hate the fact that I get jealous. Mm. It's one of my worst traits. It annoys me so much and I try my best not to compare myself, but I can't help it. Mm. I'm just doing it constantly. They're better than me at this. They're better than me at this. Why can't I do that? Why can't I do this? It's just constant, constant, constant. And it's just another way for me to put myself down. Yeah. And and it, and it hurts when you compare yourself. So you know you shouldn't do it. And if anyone can tell me the secret recipe for not doing it, I'd love to know. Yeah. Because I, it, it's the thing that fucks with my self-esteem the most. Yeah. The c- constant comparison. And being like, well, you know, everyone's doing better than I am. Yeah. And even if I look at someone that's less fortunate in me for whatever reason, I'll still find a way to compare them and make yeah. them better than me for yeah. 
doesn't matter what it is. There's yeah. always a way for me to find something to compare myself and be like, well, they're better than me. It doesn't matter about who's better than anyone. Yeah. yeah. It's frustrating. I do feel like, because I, I immediately answered yes along with the other 96%, but um, what I did manage to notice about myself is that it was so all-encompassing my entire life. Definitely in terms of, I know I've spoken about it a lot before, like my height and my weight uh, growing up. Um, So I've always felt like, you know, big bird (laughs) towering over everybody and being fat in inverted commas was the narrative inside my head. Um, So it made me feel really uncomfortable in like all situations at all time ever. And then on top of that, not being able to drive and being so bad in the workplace, like normal nine to five environment and uh, and managing finances and so it was can't this constant weight on my shoulders of I can't drive everyone's got money and I haven't got money oh my god I'm so fat and I just dragged that horse around with me for so long now I am still taller than most women that you would see in the street I am and I am curvy anyway let's not go down that road but and I still can't drive and I'm slightly better than money with money, but not really. But the only thing that has changed is diagnosis yeah. and medication. Yeah. And so within that, I wonder if that's if that is what has changed for me is that the medication in some way has regulated my emotions mm-hmm. so that they don't override my logic or the focus on what's important and what's really going on is overriding that. Yeah. Um and my emotions aren't taking hold and and feeding all that negative stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely not going to say, oh, I'm now acceptance. But I do know that the driving issues that I have and the financial issues that I have are due to ADHD. Mm -hmm. And perhaps I just, like, can stop feeling inept because I can see it for what it is. Maybe, maybe. But please don't get me wrong. I I do still feel all of those things. But it it was constant, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you set yourself unrealistic goals then berate yourself for not achieving? Yes. Yes. 94% said yes, 6% said no. I often set myself way too much. I, I do it every single week. I'm just like, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And then I fail, whether it's diet, exercise, work, mm. um, hobbies, everything. It's just I'm constantly setting myself up for failure. Yeah. Instead of being realistic with what I can achieve in the time that I have available. Yes. And then so I get really down with myself when I don't reach the goals that I've set for myself. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you were never going to manage to that reach was, those yeah, goals yeah. anyway. Yeah. So why Yeah. Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. But I do yeah. it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely do as well in terms of time. Time, yeah. yeah. Trying to achieve things in a, in a set amount of time and you're never going to do it. Um, Do you fear not living up to expectations? Yeah. Yeah, 96% said yes, 4% said no. It's quite funny though, isn't it? Because how do you even define that? Like that in itself is probably one of the unrealistic goals from the previous. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Your expectations yeah. are Yeah, how do you know what somebody yourself? else's expectations are? Or you, Your expectations of other people are the expectations you have in your head. Yes. So when you're yeah. not living up to someone's, if you think you're not living up to someone's expectations, it's because you're not living up to the expectation you've set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just, again, it's like setting yourself up for a bit of a fall, really. Are you sensitive to even constructive criticism? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I try my hardest. Well, it's RSD, isn't it? Yeah, I try my 
hardest if someone's given me constructive criticism mm. I will try my hardest to be like well no that that's that's important that I I know and I learn from this but you're still hurt mm. it still really hurts it's hurt isn't it because it's not like you're advocating for yourself and saying no you're wrong I was right you're like saying oh god this is the exposure for the fraud that I am yeah. like you know and yeah that was did you say 94 to 6 yeah 94 yeah. percentage yeah do you tend to keep your emotions to yourself yes you're a yes and I'm, I'm a, a no I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a yes I don't know if it comes from like family growing up like I don't have a hugely close relationship with my mum so like we've never really been open emotionally yes. and I've always been perceived as the strong funny one mm. and, and this is this is part of why my imposter syndrome I think affects me so badly is that I have outwardly painted a picture of who I am yes to everybody out there that knows me they think I'm a strong confident woman and in actual fact I'm the complete opposite of that. Yeah. But I just put on this brave face. So showing emotions is part of that. Mm. So I don't show my emotions. I'm very closed off with emotions and unless I'm around the right company and yeah. you know I can I can open up. I think I'm becoming more open, but it's still hard for me. Like I struggle to cry in front of people. Mm. I will have that knot in my throat for as mm. long as I can possibly hold on to it before I would let go. Mm. It's such a struggle. I'm the complete opposite. So it, the 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 breakdown is 61% said yes and 39% said no. So mine mine is a no ish. So like I've said before things can upset me but I think I can take it and I can and I can think my way around it they didn't mean it like this they didn't mean it like that actually they've just got that going on it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine until suddenly I cannot even look at the person yeah. that happens or the other is I'm so previously emotional dysregulation would probably be my biggest defining issue that and RSD which kind of play into each other isn't it so then the emotions I I, I wouldn't have had any control over them it is just like bursting out into tears, howling like a banshee, yeah. like I did yesterday. <laughs> um, and, yeah, or getting really, really angry. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really been that in control of my emotions. But interestingly, having bawled like a banshee yesterday, I did realise I haven't cried for absolutely ages. Sometimes you just need to let it out. No, but, I mean, as a person who just cried oh, okay. all the time. <laughs> get, get you, get you. <laughs> um, right. So we've done that one. Do you fear being sacked, discovered for faking it? Absolutely. Every single job I've had, I mean, I've been sacked from jobs, so there's, there's, there's a real fear because it's happened before. <laughs> but um, every single job I've had, whenever I get that, like, oh, can you come into my office? Can I, <sighs> that, that thing. It's like in school. <laughs> yeah. Like, anytime anyone asks me to come see them, my instant reaction, my instant thought process is that I'm a way to get sacked. I'm yeah. a way to get told off. Yeah. I'm a way to get, like, discovered, yeah. found out, yeah. like, whatever. Um, every single time. And nine times out of ten, it's nothing to do with that. Mm. And it's just like, oh, we've got something for you to do. Or, you know, can you mm. help us with this? Or or it's, it's, it's usually something... Yeah, just you know, normal. Neutral. Do you want to come to this? Neutral <laughs> yeah. or positive. Yeah. It's very rarely negative, yeah. but my brain instantly goes, goes to, to dread. I'm going to get sacked. Yeah. Well, do you know what? This is probably completely not relevant at all, but it's so bloody random. And I was talking about this the other day with a friend and I'd, ne I'd not thought of it for ages, but randomly when I was a child... 
When I would hear sirens, I would think the police were coming for me. Isn't that weird? And when and when I'm like now in airports and stuff, like going through security and stuff, like I really worry I, that I'm like about that. to be arrested. If I'm driving, if about? I'm in my car and the police are behind me, I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. But what's Jesus Christ, happen? what was I? What did I do at eight years old that I was going to get arrested yeah, for in my living room? I've always been like that as well. I, I, so do you think bizarre. that must be part of it? Do you think? So kind of, I was reading it. I was like, it's kind of being sacked as like going to prison, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Always, yeah, I've always been like that as well. Been like, oh, they're coming for me. Isn't that mad? (laughs) Tell us, people. Does anyone else have that? Yeah. That's really random, isn't it? Um, Do you downplay your knowledge expertise? 86% of you said yes. 14% said no. What did you say? I said yes. Yeah. I I definitely, there have been occasions where, you know, in, in work or just around friends and stuff where people are talking about something and I'll know something, but I don't even trust my knowledge. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't trust my knowledge sometimes. I'm just like, well, I, I know quite a lot about that, but I'm just going to be quiet because this other person might know more than me. Yeah. And I don't want to be outed again as a fraud or yeah, like yeah, yeah. speaking crap or whatever. So yeah. yeah, I definitely will just I'll just stay quiet. I think it's quite funny. So like my end, like the thing that came to mind with me is when I was doing diving instructing, I would have periods in the UK and periods away. Mm-hmm. And when I would be at in the UK working in a pub or whatever I wouldn't tell anybody. And a friend said to me, like, why don't you tell people what you actually do? Why don't you do it? And I'd just be like, oh, you know, it's weird. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of thought about that. And it was like, I didn't want to come across like I was boasting yeah. or, or come across as arrogant. Yeah. And it's a weird one, isn't it? Because if you notice... That's one of the things that I grumble about a lot is when I think people have been arrogant. Yeah. Isn't it weird? And I don't know what that is. Do you think it's like an envy of confidence or something? Like I'm envious of people that can just be like, I do this. And I'll be like, ah, so arrogant. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. I think there, there probably is like some envy, some, a, yeah. a little bit of jealousy in there. Because I'm the same. Like I'll like look at someone, I'll be like, oh, look at them. They're, they're, they're just being a dick or, or mm. whatever. And then sometimes I have to sit back and it's like, wait a minute, hold on a sec. Why mm. do you think that person is a dick? And it's just like, oh, okay, because they're confident in what they're doing mm. and you're not confident in what, mm. like, in the same thing. So yeah. I think there probably is. And again, it's that imposter syndrome yeah. where you're comparing yourself to this person. Yeah, yeah completely. <sighs> um, do you look for validation in authority figures such as a boss or family member and give them the power to dictate whether you are successful or not? 89% said yes and 11% said no. I am a big fat yes. Yeah, I'm a yes as well. And past relationships have been like kind of proof of that as well mm. when I've kind of given people the power, so to speak, by, you know, letting them take control because, again, I put myself down and... Mm put these people above me yeah yeah absolutely it's really funny isn't it it's like you're wanting I don't know like you're wanting the people that you know to go oh look you're doing well could you hold it yourself yeah would you would you know you were doing well until somebody said you've achieved do you know what I mean it's I think there's like part of me that's still like um almost like childlike in 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 that way yeah and that I don't feel like an adult so yeah I I look around and see other people as adults yes and I'm not an adult yes like at university for example one of my lecturers is a couple of years younger than me Mm. I I would speak to her like she was like Mm. the high and almighty Mm. adult and I'm just like this inferior child child student Yeah. yeah and I'm like 
she's an adult talk, yeah. talk to her on the level yeah. of two adults talking like if you met her in the pub you would have a normal conversation with her yeah. but because of the situation you're in you're putting yourself down and putting that person yeah. up yeah. and it's like passing the power almost and yeah, know, devaluing yourself yeah completely um, oh so then we did a just for fun <laughs> So 74% of you got the picture with the little girl in a lovely little 80s combo uh, with a dog, right? That is me, Laura, with the brown curly That's hair. That's correct. 26% uh, of you thought it was me, but I don't know how you would have got yeah. that. Yeah. clearly Laura in that picture. <laughs> We're going to have to check these pictures in our grid somewhere. Yeah. They're, they're brilliant. They are great. But this is the cutest picture of you, Dawn. Mm. You literally look exactly the same. <laughs> Doesn't she? So 74%. 4% of you got it right, 26% of you got it wrong. So exactly the same. It's done, yeah. quite clearly. But I do think, but people do do confuse us often. So uh, even though like nearly every week I put on the grid, this is Laura, this is Dawn, like people, every time we put a video up, at least one person will say, oh, I thought you were the other way around. Yeah. So one more time for the people in the back. Laura is the gigantic dark-haired English person. <laughs> <laughs> Gigantic. <laughs> if anyone's gigantic, let's not talk about gigantic. And I, giganticness. And Dawn is the well beautiful blonde right now, and but her hair really will her hair will change right colour very very often. But Dawn is Scottish. So moving on. Yeah. So in, imposter syndrome, I guess, comes down to a lack of self belief mm-hmm. and self esteem, all the rest of it. So that's the area where I struggle the most. I feel that I have very much portrayed an image of myself outwardly to people that I meet. And so people think they, they're getting to know me, but they don't really know me because I don't really know myself, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I've tried to live up to everyone else's expectations for so, so long that I don't even know what my own are. Yeah. I'm definitely a lot better than I was and I'm trying to learn to be more me and live to my values, but I still find it ridiculously hard because it's like, I want to be the person who I want to be, but Mm. there's still a part of me that is just constantly trying to please everyone else and and I find that I mirror people, so if I'm around certain people long enough, I become a bit like them in certain ways, in certain areas rather than just being myself yeah you know what i'm 30 39 years old i guess if you look at me throughout the years and my friends would probably be nodding their heads and how my image has changed over Mm. the years because i'm still trying to figure out who Mm. i am and i thought you know most people have that figured out fairly early into their adulthood but um yeah i'm still changing styles and 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 whatnot i'm getting there i'm definitely getting there but there's still a massive struggle with who I am as a person. So that imposter syndrome is just exaggerated by the fact that I still don't know who I am. So there is this this big imposter. Do you feel like perhaps, um, did you feel like that, this whole like, I don't know myself kind of identity crisis? Yeah. Did you feel like that before you found out about ADHD or is it, in going through this journey and that that you're now realising that because I know that a lot of our listeners and myself included, you then go through this period where you go, well, hang on a minute. So if this is masking and this is dopamine seeking and this is whatever else, 
then which which bit is me? Like, which bit is mine? Yeah. Which bit is real? Do you think that discovering ADHD has caused this identity crisis or do you, or were you aware of it prior? I think I was aware of it. It's quite funny because I can look at certain points in my life where I thought I'd figured myself out mm. and I'd be like, oh, I know who I am now. I'm Don Farmer and this is the real me. Mm. And I was still in a bit of denial of who I was. Mm. And then something else would happen, like a big... I mean, but people change as they grow as well. A big moment in my life. And then I'd be like, actually, I was still hiding behind lots there, but I just didn't realise it. Yeah. Whereas now I'm slowly... And I think the ADHD process and everything there, plus, you know, a toxic relationship thrown Mm. in the mix as well, Mm. really made me wake up and start to realise who I am and be like, no... You need to start living for you yes. and not anyone else. Yeah. So I think all of those things kind of combined have pushed me forward into start figuring out who I am. Yeah. But it's just kind of left me a little bit confused. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm doing something and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not doing this for me. Yeah. For the whole mirroring thing, for example, I've been getting my nails done a lot recently mm. and I don't usually get my nails done mm. and I had them long. You have long nails. Yeah. And without me consciously <laughs> knowing that I'm doing that, that's why yeah and I don't even realize I'm doing it and I only do it so that I don't literally bite my fingers down to the knuckle and then (laughs) like I grew my nails and they grew quite long and and now they're all short because I was on holiday and I haven't had them done yet but what I realized in that period is I like having my nails done yeah but what I also realized I don't like having long nails (laughs) yeah yeah so going forward for me yes I'm gonna get my nails done yeah but I'm gonna keep them short the way you like them yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. yeah and I'm like right this is what I'm slowly figuring out and it's almost admitting to yourself as you go along the way it's like right what are you doing for you stop looking at everyone else and figure out what you're doing for yourself yeah yeah I definitely I definitely know like my identity crisis sort of hit fever pitch a few years ago Mm. and I was doing a job because somebody else wanted me to do it and I thought it's what I should do and it was against everything that I basically believed in and my whole my whole identity and everything and I was doing this job and hating life and not just not happy where I was at all um and Bit by bit, as everything kind of unraveled all around me, it was looking around and being like, how have I got here? Mm -hmm. And it was because, well, I've done this to please this person. I've done that to please that person. And I'm doing everything that I think I should. And in a way, uh, I was sort of living a double life, like my life and then people who are in your life that have potential expectations of you and how you should behave. Yeah. So then you've got those two. And then what I realised is that within the life part, the, the bit that was actually mine that wasn't a facade, even that was a facade. And I wasn't happy in that at all. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it came down to, and it must be RSD, and because, and also this idea of like feeling responsible for people was just like going along with things that you don't agree with. Yeah. Laughing at jokes that you don't find funny. Yeah. Speaking to people that you don't fucking even like. Just going along with it, going along with it, going along with it. Because for some reason, that's your duty. And that person who you don't even like is your responsibility. For some reason, keeping them happy, even though you completely disagree with all of it. And in all of that, 
you basically have no integrity. Yeah. Because you're not being true to yourself. But again, I didn't give a thought to who I was because I was running so bloody fast with RSD, worrying that everyone was going to reject me and trying to keep everyone happy. That's exactly it. And I feel like a lot of the time I've been a walking contradiction because in in one area, I'm saying this and then somewhere else, I'm contradicting what I've said Mm. because I'm with different people. So I'm trying to please them and keep them happy. And I think a lot of it as well is I don't like confrontation. Mm. Never been a fan of it. Um, because I guess confrontation means that you have to, you know, fight your corner and yeah. be vulnerable and yeah. and and whatnot and stick up for yourself. And I find it hard to stick up for myself yeah. because, again, the imposter syndrome, yeah, and all of that that comes into it. It's like, how can you stick up for yourself when you don't even like yourself? Yeah, yeah, advocating for yourself when you're yeah. like, no, you're right, I am a piece of shit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it is. It's hard. Um, so shall we talk about our situation, what happened this week? <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let's. So I don't even know where to start, really. I've been really down since I came back from holiday. I've been yeah. struggling a bit and I'm getting closer to assessment date. So, yeah, it's but, a lot. Yeah, coming back from holiday, being pre- pre-menstrual, I was super depressed and down. And I do feel that obviously being away on holiday meant I was doing a little bit less for ADHD AF and um, I know that I've not been doing as much as I could have been doing Mm. and as much as I'd like to be doing Mm. and I know that Laura's been basically the driving force Mm. and she's really been push pushing and I know that when I'm in a bad situation and when I'm feeling rubbish about myself that I pull back from things Mm. even though I still care deeply I just it's like task paralysis it's the inability to do anything and it's I'll think about doing the thing but I won't do the thing so and I, then it's a cycle as well because then you feel bad about do, not doing the thing so then you have even less self-belief or drive to do the thing and yeah. then you still haven't done the thing so you feel even worse and yeah. around and around it goes and so I've really been pulling back from everything and not because I don't care and because I don't want to do it it's just the imposter syndrome and because Laura is a go 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 push forward kind of person and she's been taking a lot of what I've not been doing mm. and then that then drives me to think well she's better that, than it than me and then me believe that I'm not as good and then then it leads to me thinking she's taking control mm. and it just this whole amalgamation of everything that was going on and because we weren't talking about it yeah led us both down because we were both on holiday yeah and it's and it, it, it's been really really difficult because the thing is I'm so aware of how much you have on your plate and I know how I felt before my assessment Mm -hmm. and you've had even longer to sit in that thing and it's coming up and it's coming up. You've got so much going on and I also know that you get task paralysis and so, and you're on holiday and I honestly thought that I was being helpful. Yeah. So then when it came down to like, not an accusation because it didn't go to that, but it was like this feeling of, you know, you're taking control, pushing me out, don't just go in and do the things that I said I was going to do, like broke my heart because I was literally like, but I'm helping you. I'm doing it because you can't do it and that's it. And then it was just like a really, because we sorted it all out and it was fine because it just, it's so funny because going into this, um, this, podcast together we had no idea how much work it would be we literally (laughs) thought the two of us were going to sit and pretend we were on the fucking radio I was going to do a couple of social media posts a week and nobody was going to listen to us and 
this is a huge, huge undertaking. And they say the worst ship that ever sailed is a partnership. And this has become work. And at the start of this process, we talked about how we are in work. I go balls to the wall or whatever the expression is. And I go in really, really hard and I set an unachievable workload for myself and I push and I push and I push until I burn myself out and I can't cope and I literally crawl into a hole and can't get out of it for six months. And then I start drowning in self-doubt and And back away from everything. So then I push even harder because I'm doing even more. Mm -hmm. And so we both did the exact thing that we even warned each other about (laughs) that we do. Which is absolutely ridiculous. And so I like said to Dawn, like, can't you reframe it? It's not that like I'm just doing more. It's like I'm... I will burn out. So when you're feeling like, oh, she's doing too much, um, I don't need to do anything, it should be more, she's about to burn out, I need to help that girl. Yeah. And and it was just so, so sad. So we sorted it all out. And then the next day, even though it was completely sorted, I woke up the next day and my heart physically hurt. And I woke up and the first thought that I had in my mind was, you see, Laura, no matter how hard you try, you are always going to fuck it up. You will always get it wrong. And that's how I felt. And I had it in my mind that Dawn thought that I was dodgy and that I was trying trying to push her out. And it just broke my heart because I was just like, it's the exact opposite. I'm trying to... You were like, you know, I feel like you're carrying me. And it's like, it's not that I'm carrying you. It's that I'm trying to push us through yeah. to the next bit while you're struggling. Yeah. And that, and that's it. So it's been a hell of a learning curve. And have you ever seen anybody cry like that? <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to talk whilst she was crying. And I couldn't, I couldn't hear a single <laughs> word. I shouldn't laugh. But honestly, you were I was like, like, just I was, stop talking. I was like, Lana, just, just stop talking because I can't hear the thing you're saying. <laughs> But bless her. No, but yeah. And, and that was something else that, that I really noticed. And I was thinking about it this morning as well. It's like, we both think our ADHD is really bad. Yeah. And it is, but just in completely but different ways. But it is, ways. but exactly. We're just so different. And yeah. that's just something that we, we need to be mindful of. Yeah. And, and 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 we both have our strengths. Yes. And that's what we also need to be mindful of. And, and, I, and, I, and I forget about that, that. Yeah, every fucking time she forgets about it. And it's so ridiculous. It's like, Dawn, you are the fucking podcast. You know the theme tune that everyone sings? You know the actual mo- podcast that's actually physically on Spotify? You made it. There yeah. is no podcast without you. And just because I never sleep and I'm completely obsessed with pushing, 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 pushing... um. That doesn't mean that you're not... It's 50-50. I know. It's 50-50, but we have to we have to actually support each other because it just goes to show, even though our strengths marry together so fucking perfectly. Yeah. And the whole point, and it's so weird, when, when we both left for holiday, we'd had a couple of drinks and we were like, we are literally like body doubling, like personified, like we are female empowerment. The two of us... Together, make one person. And we are pulling the other one along. To leave it at that point, literally nothing happened apart from the pair of us go on holiday and come back to what we came back to. It just goes to show that being so different, our differences can really, really um, clash so badly. Yeah, it can work against us. So, so badly. But... 
but we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> we are absolutely fine, and it needed to happen. And I think that I think that that was the thing that I found the the hardest, and that was what was making me sad. It's not just about how I'm perceived, but it's like, you know, I really, really care. And when I see you struggling, like the only way, like I couldn't even post pictures on Facebook a year ago. Yeah. And here I am doing all this bloody social media, talking to the camera, all the rest of it, you know. It is medication. Yeah. Medication. Say it with me. That is literally it. That is the only thing that's evened out my emotional dysregulation that has calmed my RSD enough and this bloody cause, which I'm so desperate to fight for, helps me to push through everything. We can't compare ourselves to each other. We have to remember that we we need to help each other and we need to lean on each other. Yes. And communicate that because we can help each other fucking massively. Absolutely. And it's it's about communication. Yeah. It is so important to communicate because what, what had happened over that couple of weeks that we were apart is we've just let things build up inside our heads mm. and then weren't talking about it. Yeah. So then when we get back together and we actually spoke about it, that's that's why all this came to a head. Yeah. Because we communicated. Yeah. And had we just communicated as we went. As we went, yeah. It, it would have it And the irony being I just wanted you to have a nice holiday. I know, but I wanted you to have a nice holiday. And yeah. So, so, so ridiculous. But, you know, maybe at some point we'll get paid money to do this and then you won't have to work so many jobs and then holidays won't be as rare and as desperately needed and we can pay somebody to do all the shit that we we struggle with (laughs) because with that in mind we actually got an email through a little while ago saying from somebody who had emailed us the day before saying I'm RSDing really bad I know you're busy but I can't cope and I felt quite upset by that, like not that the person meant anything by it or that they were being aggressive or bullying. They really were RSDing that bad that they couldn't cope. And that breaks a heart because please remember, there are two of us and there are now 4,000 of you. Yeah, we've got 4,000 of you on Instagram. That's like not including our Facebook followers or listeners that maybe aren't on socials and stuff. So we're getting emails, we're getting Facebook messages, 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 we're getting Instagram messages. messages, And we will reply to you all. And we really, really appreciate you reaching out. Honestly, we love hearing from all of you. We love being able to, to share this journey with you. But we are just two people. And at this moment in time, this isn't actually our job. Like yeah. we, we have other things going on in our lives and we have ADHD. So admin's really, really <laughs> difficult. So just remember that. So we please. will get back to you with the messages, but it might not be straight away. So if it takes us a week to reply, don't add SD. We will respond. Remember, if you have messaged us, unless you're being mean to us, which luckily not many people are, um, then we are grateful. We are so, so grateful. We love reading the messages. Yeah, we are grateful, we appreciate you, and we will come back to you, we promise. Um, So... And Well, I was just about to pitch in there and say, likewise, if you appreciate us in return... Oh, that was a good one. (laughs) And um, you'd like to support us on our journey. Journey, I've said the word. (laughs) If you'd like to support us, then you can head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ADHD as females, where you can buy us a coffee or a few coffees. Ten coffees, and then maybe we could use some of that money and we could actually go and celebrate. We could actually go out and celebrate. Uh, do you know, I wonder how many hours work we have actually put into the last four months. Yeah. It's, I it's can't because I know it's been all day and all night. 
Yeah, forget the coffees. I know it's called buy me a coffee, but on this occasion, it's buy me a wine. <laughs> buy me a bottle of champagne, please. Um, so yeah, we really, really appreciate everyone who's made their donations. And we're so grateful. And it's really lovely to see the feedback that people write on that as well. It just yeah. really is so, so kind of you. It makes us feel like it's all worthwhile. Um, that we're actually going. resonating. We're actually helping. That's the funniest thing is like, the pair of us have gone around in our own heads thinking that we are aliens and that nobody else feels the way that we do. And now we've got a load of people, that, well, 64,000 downloads worth of people that have, have spent their life feeling like aliens too. And we now find out that we are all aliens together. It's it's really quite something, yeah, isn't it? When, yeah, we're not alone. We are all in it together. Um, so, yeah, we really appreciate... Also, anyone writing reviews for the podcast that really helps us yeah. in the in the rankings or not rankings, as in for people to be able to find us. Yeah, I believe that helps. So those stars, those those written reviews are really really helpful. So thank you for that. And any shares, likes on social media. If you don't follow us on Instagram already, we are ADHD as females. Yeah, that's us. Um, so to conclude, should we do our ask us anything questions? Yeah, let's. How do you cope with feeling robbed of the life you could have had? We get asked this one quite a lot, actually. Mm. And I guess my answer is always the same. I stop thinking about the life I could have had. Yeah. There's no point going back and thinking, I could have been this, I could have been that. If I'd been diagnosed earlier, I might have achieved this, that and the other. The fact of the matter is you you weren't diagnosed earlier. You don't have the luxury to be able to go back. So why waste any time thinking about what you could have done when you could actually be like, well, this is what I've got now. This is where I am now. What can I do now? Absolutely. And it's easier said than done. And I've definitely sat in that place for a long, long time, a long time. But it does get better. It, you know, this this late diagnosis roller coaster is exactly that. It is a grief cycle and you're going to go through the different stages yeah. and you will get through it. And if you need some help and you can get some, then do get some. Um, but my dad said to me the other day, um, if you were driving a car looking in the rear mirror or looking in the rear window, I don't know, I can't drive, can I? Um, <laughs> I said, this is when I was like, if you were driving a car, I was like, yeah, that's nice, dad, sensitive. <laughs> But if you were if you were driving along, looking behind you, what would happen? You would crash. Yeah. Right? And it is true. It rings true in your life. So, you know, it's not we're not saying just shrug it off. We know it isn't easy. Believe us, we are on this journey with you. But just try and focus on what's yeah. ahead of you. I'll sometimes go Because otherwise you'll be robbed of the rest of your life. Yeah. I sometimes start to dip back and I'm be like, imagine if I'd been diagnosed earlier, I could have done this and this. And as soon as I start I try and catch myself. Yeah. I just be like, wait a minute, stop, stop what you're doing. This isn't going to help you in any way. Yeah, not form. no, not being diagnosed has damaged your past, but wallowing in that and fo- focusing on the past will rob you of of your future. Absolutely. So yeah. don't try, try and get through it. Um, would you be able to do an episode on relaxing for ADHD people? This is one of those questions where I'm a bit like, well, kind of. But we don't know how to. Yeah. And it makes you go like, please remember 
that we are literally you. We are we are on this journey with you. We are not doctors, therapists, coaches. We don't have the answers. And that is why we do invite guests on yeah. who do know more than we do to educate us because just like you, we are learning on this journey. So if we can find a guest, if that, we can find can, a guest that can help us talk about ways to relax. But then... we also do have to remember, as we always say, there's no one size fits all. So ADHD is different for everybody. Well, that's it. You know, yeah. Whatever works for you. Uh, somebody says can I buy you an actual coffee one day oh that's very sweet we <laughs> would love to um, are you going to take over the world which one of you is pinky which one is the brain <laughs> that is a brilliant question and you know what I have started saying next stop world domination I say it all the time yeah, don't I yeah well why not <laughs> dream big baby dream big well which one is pinky and which one's the brain I want to see your pinky just because of my voice no just because you wear pink oh wait I'm Actually and, in pink. and I think you're just a little bit more girly than I am. That's true. So I that's think you're true. pinky and I'm the brain, but not because I have any, <laughs> just because I have one. I think that we're both half and half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do you find to-do lists are a positive form of planning or an extra way to punish yourself? I personally, I don't have it like a daily to-do list. I just have reams and reams and reams of lists on my phone. And then as I think of a thing, I'll be like, oh, yeah, must remember to do that. Go into my phone and I'll find kind of whichever list that's meant to go in. And I just add it to the list. But it's not like a daily ticking off. It's like this is all the shit that needs to happen and there's multiple. I enjoy a to-do list. Do you? Yeah, I like having a to-do list. But the best part is I never, ever get round to writing them. (laughs) That's on your to-do list, yeah. your mental to-do list. Yeah, so like I do, like I've got tasks and stuff that I use, Google Tasks, and there's other things that you can use, apps and stuff. But like if I'm really trying to get things done, like a, a packing list for going mm. on holiday and stuff is super helpful to make sure that I remember everything that I need to remember. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, Like I have to, I have to, that's one to-do list that I have Always to do. Always right. Anytime I'm going away is do yeah. a packing list. Yeah. But yeah, to-do lists are very, very helpful and I do find them useful for me, but I just never get round to actually writing them the majority of the time. Yeah. Um, so someone else has said, how are you? We're all right, you know. It's It's been it's been an eventful week, as I yeah. said. Extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, but we are, we are really good. And it's funny because we just have to not, you know, uh, Dr. Alex Connor from ADHD Adult UK says, you know, my, this thing is a brain disorder that tries to fuck with me every single day. Um, I think it was Alex anyway that said that. And, and we just have to pull together and remember to pull the other one up on it when the ADHD fuckery is winning. Yeah. Because actually, you know, we are all right. We're doing really, really well. We've got really exciting things coming up. We love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's just that we both have a fucking brain disorder and we need to we need to help each other through coping with that daily. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And my structure is way to change again. I've just finished my summer job that I've been doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm away to go back to uni on Monday. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that and yeah yeah the future's bright it is indeed any plans for an Aberdeen meetup well actually we have a lot of plans in the in the 
in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. that's what you say. Um, so there's no exact Aberdeen meetup right now, but believe exciting things are on their way. And I'm doing another event, uh, Fashion Fest, a festive one. The yeah. details are not quite confirmed, but we will both be there then. Yes, we will. And so maybe that could, that's potentially an Aberdeen meetup in itself, but we will at some point do. And we are partaking in an event on the 2nd of October at the Chester Hotel. We are. You, me, and ADHD. Yeah. It's neurofabulous.me, but you can just click the link in our bio. And it says Aberdeen We Too event, I think, is a fundraiser for the charity We Too. And it is an amazing afternoon. No, it's not afternoon tea. It's lunch at the Chester Hotel. Yes. And we're going to be on a panel. We're going to be on a panel um, talking about ADHD and ourselves, which is our speciality. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, check that out. Um, yeah, tap, yeah, you can get you can, you get, can get tickets for the event. So yeah. if you're in Aberdeen or you fancy coming up to Aberdeen for that event, second um, of October, second of October, and we will be covering more of that in a future episode as well. So yes, indeed. Watch the space. How can you cope with the long waiting list? I'm on a three-year list and I feel like my life is on hold. Yeah. It's such a hard question to answer. Treat yourself now as if you have ADHD. Yeah, and lean into the community Mm -hmm. because there are so many other people that are going through what you're going through. I was on the list for, it was about two and a half, nearly three years, and then ended up having to go private. And Dylan's been on for like a year and a half, like nearly two years, is it? Yeah, almost two years, Yeah. yeah. So we do know, you know, unless you go somewhere like my pace or, you know, or you have the option to go private, everyone, not everyone, but most people in this community will be going through exactly what you're going through. So it is just pulling together and supporting each other. Treat yourself kindly. And if you suspect you have ADHD, treat yourself like you do. Will you discuss alternative therapies for those of us with a long NHS wait? We are going to do something similar to that. I mean, obviously the podcast is our experiences. So we are like documenting the late ADHD diagnosis process from our perspective mm-hmm. in real time. But absolutely, we will, when we speak to other guests that have different experiences to us, that is definitely something that will come along, hey? Yeah. Do you realise how awesome you both are? Stop it. No, we don't. Like... Well, no. <laughs> no. I'm like, what you're you lying. I'm like, what are you on about? I'm like, nah. Um... If you could choose to get rid of your ADHD forever, would you? We have answered this question before, and yes, we would. Of course you would. Why yes, would you want ADHD? <laughs> Can you do an episode on ADHD and sex? Can't maintain focus or get in the mood spontaneously? The answer to that is yes. Yeah. We are going to do one, but it's difficult out of respect for my marriage and Catholic family. Yeah. <laughs> So that's something that we would like to discuss with a guest. And two of the people that reached out and talked about potentially like hypersexuality as one of the topics, we said, go on then, come on and talk to us. And they didn't come back. So yeah. it's, you just have to remember that we have to have a level of of privacy within it. So it is an important topic. We just need to figure out how we would cover it. Um, any tips for feeling burnt out after school? No, I'm sorry. Rest. I don't know. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Compassionate. Just give make sure you give yourself time like you you need to have some downtime and the final question will adhd hold you back from having kids one day now this is a very very interesting one Mm. um because we constantly get asked do an episode on motherhood do an episode on motherhood and what we've tried to do is speak to guests that are mothers and have their experience shared for our listeners yeah Neither of us are raising families. We don't have that experience in our lives right now. We are 
both nearly 40. Now, what I realised, which is so interesting because it links in to imposter syndrome, is that in not actually addressing the elephant in the room, which is that the pair of us are the same age and both that way... Yeah. Um, this is obviously every time we've shared an experience, it has validated a load of other people's experiences experience of the same. And here we are invalidating our own experiences. And I suddenly realised, well, actually, we probably should talk about it. Yeah. And 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 that ADHD has played a role in that. And that's not for us to say that people with ADHD can't be good mothers, but it has been a contributing factor. That and past trauma yeah. has been a contributing factor to why at nearly 40. We aren't like most of our peers with yeah, kids. with families on yeah, their own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we will come back to that. We will. But mm-hmm. we really hope that you've enjoyed our ramblings. Um, imposter syndrome is real. If you feel like you your ADHD might not be real or if that's a contributing factor to putting you off advocating for yourself or you're constantly praying to yourself, comparing yourself to others, please remember that that's really normal mm-hmm. and imposter syndrome is a huge part of ADHD. Yeah. So you're not alone in it, as horrible as it is. We are right there with you. We are. And as always, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Lean into the community. Yes. And and if you have taken anything away from this, which we really hope you have, then and you feel like you want to contribute, then please do buy us a coffee. What a wine. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash ADHD as females. All right, let's go then. Ta-da. Bye. Bye. ADHD as females. ADHD AF. ADHD as females, the part.